Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Easy parking with Easy Trip. Now available at Dundrum Town Centre. So you can now use your toll tags to park in our car parks. Simply register at easytrip.ie forward slash parking. Easy parking with Easy Trip. Dundrum, where more happens. Welcome to Laying the Points, a Rotovitz podcast brought to you by MyBookie. I'm Anthony Amico. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co-host is Action Network writer Matt LaMarca, who you can follow on Twitter at Matt LaMarca. Matt, how's it going? Going pretty well. Uh, we've got... Warriors Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Cavs for the fourth straight year. Some people are obviously not going to be happy about that. You know, I've heard a lot of people complaining on Twitter about how boring it is that the same two teams meet every year, but... I honestly think it's great. Like, I don't understand why having two teams that are good actually make it to the end is considered a negative, you know? Like, don't you want to see the best teams battle it out each year? Uh, people hate chalk. That's, you know, they uh, they just don't like watching the best teams play all the way through, I guess. I don't know. I don't really get it. I mean, I think that, uh, Obviously, I will talk about the series and how it's not expected necessarily to be super competitive, but I don't know. This is something that like we can look back on in like 20 years and say, you know, we got to see the Warriors. We got to see the best player maybe ever play maybe the best team ever, you know, four straight years. Like, that's pretty cool. Very cool, in my opinion. So before we get into the show, I just want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 30% discount to a road of his NFL pass. By subscribing through the podcast homepage, rotaviz.com slash podcast. Uh, before we start talking basketball, I'll just give a, a quick recap of the bankroll contest, which is pretty much done. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I don't really think there's any way I can catch you, Matt. You're, uh, you've really done amazing. I mean, you're, you've profited over $1,200 from our original starting amount, 20% ROI. And uh, for me, I mean... I, I took $125 and over, I don't know, was it, it's now June, basically, yeah, like so March, March basically. Yeah, so in three months, I turned $125 into uh, $124, so, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> you know what, though? Like, you get enjoyment out of it. Where else can you get that kind of enjoyment for the amount of time for one measly dollar, you know? Yeah. As far as hobbies go, that's a win in my book. Yeah, definitely. I mean, price of uh, price of admission is low, and uh, I think I'll bounce back eventually. I mean, I'm still waiting on this Des bet. I've been saying that for like 12 <laughs> straight shows just to put me up, and uh, I don't know. The balls just have to start bouncing my way. Like, I feel like I've just gotten kind of unlucky, and I know a lot of people, you can always say that, I guess, when you bet sports, but, you know, I don't think my process has been bad. I think I've just... Uh, you know, just kind of run up against it. So we'll, yeah, we'll figure I, it out. I think we've kind of talked about it. I think that 
at least early on, you were kind of falling victim to, you know, I just want to bet on a lot of different things. And uh, you've cut your volume down a little bit. You're going for more selective plays. And I think your 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 bankroll management is good in the long run. So I'm not expecting you to stay in the red figures here for a while. My uh, my my progress is obviously unsustainable. I keep joking about it that, you know, if I keep winning at this rate, I'm going to be a millionaire by this time next year. Because <laughs> I basically turned my bankroll 10x in the last three months. So if I 10x it a couple more times, you know, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be living in Vegas so uh, either I'm the greatest gambler in the world, which I, I find very, very, very highly doubtful, or I'm just riding an incredible hot streak. So uh, I'm expecting to cool off a bit. Uh, I got lucky with the Warriors series bet. I had them against Houston. You know, we'll we'll talk about them at some point. But yeah, I, I'm just enjoying life right now. You know, nothing feels better than than winning bets and uh i've had that feeling a lot recently so i i can't complain i'm i'm loving it yeah just remember me you know if you get to that <laughs> point you hit that first you get that extra that sixth zero you just you just keep me in mind believe me we all gonna be living good if that happens <laughs> so uh before we get into the finals let's just talk a little bit about how these teams got there you know eastern conference finals i i think obviously the fact that both of these series went seven i think was a lot of fun um two really great series Eastern Conference, we had Celts and Cavs. I think, uh, you know, for me, obviously, you know, I bet the Cavs, or I bet the Celtics with you in that series, uh, against you, I should say. And, you know, it really came down to some cold shooting and a lot of LeBron at the end, uh, you know, to seal it for the Cavs. It seemed as though uh, the absence of Kevin Love meant literally nothing to Cleveland, which, uh, I don't know, I, I feel bad for Kevin Love, but... <laughs> what was kind of your uh, your biggest takeaway from the Eastern Conference Finals? Um, realistically, my my biggest takeaway is that the Eastern Conference stinks. Like, <laughs> I know that's not a huge takeaway. You know, we we kind of knew that going into the season, but if LeBron can really carry this bunch of bums to the finals, like, is there a roster in the East you could put him on that would not win the Eastern Conference? Like, take him and put him on Brooklyn. Put him on Atlanta. Like, are those rosters any worse than this group of guys that he just dragged past the, the Celtics? No. <laughs> I mean, like, I have, I had like, I have like 15 drafts saved on Twitter of like things I wanted to say about how like no, no one else on the Cavs can like dribble. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like their best guy, like their best guy after LeBron is probably either like George Hill or Kyle Korver. Like, that's ridiculous. Just in terms of guys who like played in game seven. Like, that's, it's stupid. It's stupid. It's incredibly stupid. And, you know, the Celtics, um, they obviously showed up a little bit ahead of schedule. I think that obviously they have a very promising future and, you know, uh, a lot of people out there feel that Jason Tatum is, is going to be a star, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, but th- this team is just bad, and, and they're in for a world of hurt, the Cavaliers, that is. So um, looking at the Kevin Love thing a little further, you know, you mentioned that his absence might not hurt them very much. It honestly might have helped them in that game. You know, if you look at Jeff Green and Larry Nance Jr., both had better net ratings in this series than Kevin Love. Kevin Love was a minus 6.2 points. 
per 100 possessions went on the court against the Celtics. Nance and uh, Green were both in the positive figures. So it was a pretty big swing. JR, uh, I'm sorry, Jeff Green showing up and playing like he did in Game 7 was, was the wild card. And that was really all LeBron needed, you know. Boston put together probably their worst shooting performance of the playoffs. I think in terms of true shooting percentage, it was the second worst mark that they've had all season. But that's kind of what you would expect from a young team, you know, whose best players are arguably in their first and second years right now. So, uh, yeah, they'll be back. But for right now, at least, Cleveland advances. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can even muster up a fight against the Warriors. Yeah, and I, and I know that you said that the East stinks, and right now certainly that's the case, but if we like spin this forward a few months, I mean, we're talking about this same Boston team adding you know, two All-Stars in uh, Kyrie and Hayward. Uh, you figure Philly is probably going to add someone in free agency, or at the very least, like their, their young stars will get better. Um, so, I mean, I'm hoping that this time next year, we're not having this conversation about how the East is so bad. And, you know, at least we've had, we have like two or three teams. If LeBron stays in the East, maybe, you know, you get three really good teams in the East. I think that would be, that'd be a lot better, I think, for the state of the game. Yeah, for sure. And obviously LeBron, uh, I just saw an article over at Action Network. The favorites right now to land his services for next year are the 76ers in Vegas. So that would obviously be, um, a scary group of, of guys to put around, you know, King James, and, and we'll see what they do. And I, there was definitely some talk during this postseason that the cat, that the Celtics should potentially shop Kyrie Irving and see what they could get for him, and that they might somehow be better, you know, acquiring more assets and turning the team over to Terry Rozier. I hope that that Game 7 put all that talk to bed. Because if they had Kyrie Irving, you know, that's a completely different game. He is you know, a top five scorer in the NBA, loves the moment, loves big games. And that's why, you know, the Celtic fans were so excited to bring him into the team. In terms of what, you know, they he gave them during the regular season, it honestly wasn't that much more than what Isaiah Thomas gave them last year. It might have even been less. You know, people uh, see Thomas now and forget how good that guy was last year. But he put together one of the best high-volume shooting seasons in the history of the league. So, you know, the reason Irving elevates this team is what he's able to do in the playoffs. And, you know, they were they were desperately missing him in Game 7. You know, if they had him, could have been a completely different game, and we might be talking about them playing the Warriors. Yeah, and not to mention, like, how many more assets do the Celtics really need? No, like, I, I at agree some point you gotta, Yeah, like, at some point you got to package up and 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 upgrade you know you got to get studs and they probably don't even have to really do that because obviously they get the two guys back and uh, Tatum will get better and you know they'll have some natural growth but like they still have the Kings pick I think I feel like I feel like if they had you know Kyrie and Hayward right now like they'd have like an issue like how you know how to work the rotation like how to get all these guys minutes um you know that'd be a problem it's kind of like the Celtics are kind of like in the um, like, I, I don't know if you ever like just sim a 2k dynasty and you just like <laughs> draft really well. And then like six years in, like everyone needs a max contract and you can't fit them all under the cap and they're all upset. Like, that's like, that's like the situation Boston's in. Like they, they don't need more assets. They need, they need to figure out the guys that are best and kind of move forward with them. Right. Not, not to turn this into a whole Celtic show, but 
two things really quick. One, they should not re-sign Marcus Smart. I know that that might be an unpopular opinion in Boston, but the guy is just, he's not as good as all these, you know, uh, so-called analysts want you to believe. Like, obviously his box score numbers aren't great, but the intensity and stuff that he brings, is it worth paying him, you know, 10 plus million dollars a year when he's arguably the fifth best guard on the team next year? Like, there's no shot I would do that. And two, this is just a pure hypothetical, but it's gained some steam on Twitter. If you were the Celtics and you could somehow get Anthony Davis, but Jason Tatum had to be a part of the package, would you do it? I wouldn't even think about it. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> me neither. Like, I, it's brow. It's brow. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like, Tatum's cool. Like, he's really good. He's really good for his age. He's on a good contract. But, like, give me the guy that I know is already a top five guy in the league. Yep, totally agree. Now, over in the Western Conference, uh, uh, again, a, a really interesting series probably for some other reasons. Obviously, we had the, the Chris Paul injury that I think was really unfortunate. It kept them out of game six and seven. The Warriors, you know, seemingly weren't meshing. I mean, I, it's crazy like a te- it, that a team, uh, you know, they just had Durant last year and it seemed like everything was cool. And like this year now, everything seems a little discombobulated. Durant doesn't really seem like. He's in the flow of the offense as much. Obviously, Curry's been kind of in and out of the lineup with injuries. Iguodala hasn't played the last three games. Uh, is it three or is it four? I think it's four at this point. Four. So, like, uh, you know, it, kind of a weird series with all the injuries, but still obviously very good from a basketball standpoint. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway there? Yeah, so the biggest takeaway for me is that the Warriors stars obviously showed up especially in the second half of games six and seven. But what really won them this series was their depth. And if you look at the second halves of the past two games, they obviously made huge comebacks. But the biggest difference for me was that the the Rockets guys were just absolutely gassed. They had no legs left. I mean, no NBA team should ever go 0 for 27 from three-point range in a single game, you know, during a stretch. Like, that's more to me than good defense. It's more than, you know, they got too tight in the moment. It's the fact that basically everybody on their team that was playing meaningful minutes was playing, you know, 40-plus for the duration of the playoffs. You know, Trevor Ariza, uh, P.J. Tucker, those guys' legs were just gone trying to guard the Golden State Warriors for 45 minutes a night you know, seven games in a row. You saw Harden wear down a little bit. Eric Gordon even wore down. And I thought that he was arguably their, you know, best offensive player at times during that series. So the fact that Kerr didn't panic, he stuck with his guys, you know, even though at times we were begging him not to. Kevon Looney continued to get his his minutes. Uh, Jordan Bell, Sean Livingston, even Nick Young at times. Like, the fact that he was willing to trust those guys and not push his stars too, too much, I think is ultimately the biggest reason why they were able to eke it out. And obviously, we have to talk about the Chris Paul injury. Like, that was an even bigger deal because of the shortened rotation for the Rockets. And it's another asterisk for the Warriors, for sure. If you're one of those people that loves to hate on Golden State, this is just another reason to hate them, you know? Maybe they don't win this series if Paul plays in game seven, six and seven. Maybe they do, but unfortunately we'll never know. Just like we'll never be able to know what would have happened if Kawhi never got hurt 
and we'll never be able to know what would have happened if uh, Kyrie didn't get hurt in Cleveland. Yeah, totally agree with all that. Um, you know, we were texting during the game, and uh, you know, like once like guys like Ryan Anderson and ISO Joe had to get on the court. It's just, it's just bad news. Like, and Rhino played eight minutes. He was minus twelve. Oh, like, Curry was licking his chops every time he saw him out there. It's unbelievable. So, I mean, I, it, and it's kind of weird too because I think that for a lot of the series we were critical of the Warriors' depth, right? Because you know, once Iguodala was out and some of these other guys had to play, it seemed to really impact uh, the results. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Rockets were even thinner. You know, you lose a star that definitely is going to hurt. Um, and I, I really do like Jordan Bell. I mean, I, I think he just impacts the game. I know he's not really a scorer. You know, no, no points yesterday. But, uh, like, just really impacts the game on the defensive side. I think that he's a presence. Um, you know, can switch on a lot of guys. Like, I, I just really like his game. I think that that's, like, the kind of guys that the Warriors have kind of built around, like, in the past. I think that Draymond is basically, like, a good version of that kind of a player. Mm-hmm. And, uh you know, I was happy to see him put in some good minutes, but they, uh, I don't know. Like it's kind of weird because it's like, you feel almost like the battle is over. Like, I'm really, really curious to see how they approach this Cavalier series because that they're just not, you know, seemingly at least they're just not going to have to work as hard. So I'm, (laughs) I'm really curious to see what, what they do. Well, that kind of plays into a theory that I've developed over the last couple of days, which is that the, the warriors are still bored. (laughs) <laughs> like you would have thought that turning over to the playoffs would have changed things and that the Warriors would still, you know, or they would turn it on, so to speak. But I really just watched them play in the first half and it's like so lackadaisical. They don't have that same killer edge that they display in the third quarter. And it can't just be that Steve Kerr is giving them these brilliant halftime speeches or whatever. Like, you know, <laughs> it's not like he's going in there and dishing out the uh, the Tony, uh, what's his name? The the head coach in uh, the longest yard. He's not doling out that speech in, at halftime of every one of these games. I really think the Warriors know that they can just come back. Doesn't matter how much they're down. As long as they stay within striking distance, they're going to flip the switch and they're going to eventually put the game away. And we saw that in game six, uh, game six and game seven. So this team has already accomplished everything you could ever ask of it. They've won two titles. They were 16 and one last year during the postseason. They have a 73 win regular season and they just flat out know they're the best team. So with all that in mind, like I'm starting to think it's possible that the Warriors, even in something as big as a game seven, just don't show out fully focused in the first quarter. Yeah, I definitely buy that, and uh, I have a couple a couple questions for you once we get to the final section. So I'm going to save it for that. We call that a tease, right? Ooh, greeny uh, tease. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to do one, but I don't really have one off the top of my head. <laughs> After this, we'll tell you why the one guy who can beat the Warriors actually plays for the jazz (laughs) (laughs) what if i told you that the Cavs' best player wasn't lebron james (laughs) that was a really good one back after this (laughs) first i want to talk a little bit about my boogie 
Uh, it doesn't matter if you've been a player for years or you like a team because their colors match your favorite shoes. Uh, we definitely have some betters like that. You may argue I'm one of those betters at this point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lay down some money and score big. Join me and thousands of online players and start betting at mybookie.ag. If you're sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout, come and join my bookie today. I would only recommend a service that has been good to me and my listeners. That's why I'm telling you to make your way over to my bookie. You win and they pay, and they pay fast without any hassles. You're definitely wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place a bet after tip-off as well as the uh, prop builder, which I definitely love to play with. Uh, join now. My bookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. Use promo code LAYINGTHEPOINTS to activate this special offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Mybookie.ag. So we have the finals, Matt. Uh, talked about it once or twice already. Not really supposed to be a competitive series. The Warriors are minus 1,040 to win the series. They're 12-point favorites in Game 1. I mean, do you do you have any love for the Cavs here as huge dogs, or will you be attacking this series mostly through the spreads? Yeah, there's no way in hell that I'm touching the Cavaliers to win the series. Like, <laughs> I, I know LeBron is great, but I've seen him go up against this team before with arguably a better supporting cast. I mean, unarguably a better supporting cast. Last Definitely. year he had Kyrie Irving, and they still got throttled. So. There's no way that this team should be able to win four straight games against the Warriors. It's just it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, I mean, I think that even the spreads, like I, I know that Simmons has mentioned this a couple times in his pod. I kind of like agree, but the spreads all playoffs have just been so weird because there's just been so many different like injury situations you have to consider, like the quality of the opponents in some of these series have not been particularly competitive. So it's just really hard to set good lines. And, you know, I'm sure as the series goes on, maybe it'll get a little bit better. But, like, 12 points, it's like you don't even feel good about taking the Cavs to cover 12 because, you know, if the Warriors decide to play, the, the game could be 30. You know, like, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors were plus 19 in the third quarter of Game 7. They outscored the Rockets, like, 65-25 to 25 in the second half of Game 6. When they flip the switch, there's no one that can beat them. And that's why these odds are so ridiculously inflated. You know, this is by far the largest uh, favorite that's happened in, uh, you know, sort of like the modern era of basketball, at least since we've been tracking this kind of information. The next biggest favorite is the 0102 Lakers with Shaq and Kobe. They were minus 750 over the Nets and swept them. So they're saying that this series is almost twice as lopsided as that one in Vegas right now. So, yeah, I mean, I I can't see this being competitive. We can talk about the spreads. You know, I do think that, you know, if you're buying into my theory that the Warriors are kind of bored still, uh, you know, you can definitely see the spread being covered by the Cavs in a few of these games. LeBron James in his whole career has never been a 12-point underdog in a playoff game, and that's what the current spread is for Game 1. So we'll see what could happen. I mean, the more interesting question is whether or not you want to look at 
you know, a sweep or a, a 4-1 victory and maybe bet some of these exact series prices, I think. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit because uh, if you look at the prices, Warriors sweep, you know, still pays 2-1. to one. Uh, If the Warriors win in 5, it's plus 130. If it, if it goes 6, plus 380. And, and if it somehow goes all the way to 7, plus 330. Um, I mean, I... I it seems like the betting market expects LeBron to be good for a game here, but we got to think a little bit about Warriors sweep at two to one, right? Yeah, I like the sweep, and if I wasn't going to bet the sweep, I think I would bet four to two and get the better odds at plus three eighty. Like if LeBron can win one game in this series, to me that means that Golden State isn't fully engaged, and if that's the case, I don't see why he can't win two games. So. We'll see. I mean, it might take a Herculean effort, but LeBron has certainly displayed that. I mean, he he had a great Game 7 against Boston. He didn't need to do so much because the Celtics only scored, like, what, 72 points or something like that? Yeah, gross. Um, But prior to that, in in the two elimination games he faced in the playoffs, he scored 46 points and 45 points. So he is more than capable of, of putting up a huge series, but... Uh, yeah, again, like if the Warriors come out and try, this should be a sweep. So I might look at the 4-0. You're getting 2-1 to one on that on my bookie. And I might look at 4-2 to because you're getting 3.8-1. three and 3.8 to one. Um, But yeah, the 4-1 to one just seems like a weird, weird one to pick. Like I know that that's probably the, the most likely outcome in people's minds. You know, they sort of think, oh, the Warriors are the better team, but LeBron will steal a game. So naturally, they end up on 4-1. to one. But uh, I kind of like fading the public, I guess, with that general line of thinking and going either sweep or 4-2. to two. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think, And I think the 4-2 to two point is actually really good. Um, I will probably be doing something with that with that sweep bet this week just because I, I – 2 to 1. I mean, I, I just feel like there's a lot of uh, – there's just a huge gap in price. You know what I mean? Like that's just such a huge price jump. Uh, you know, if you if you're saying that the Warriors are basically a lock to win the series, then I feel like you expect it to be quick. So I, I like you. I like the sweep there. Yeah. Let's. If, uh, if I were to pick an outcome, it would be four zero. So I like getting two to one on that. I will probably have some exposure there. Yeah, and let's uh, let's spin this forward a little bit. I, I know this isn't really a betting point, but it, it's definitely a basketball point. Like. You've, you've mentioned we've talked about the Warriors being bored. Like, is there any chance that like the Warriors just don't have the same team next year in terms of the four stars? I think the only way that it doesn't happen is if they somehow are a better team. Like, if they can somehow, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if Draymond is up for a contract extension, but like they, you know, they obviously talked about potentially looking at Anthony Davis when he becomes a free agent. Like if they could somehow add another piece and jettison Draymond in the process, I don't think they would hesitate to do it. But as far as, you know, like Durant leaving or or something like that, I don't see anything that would make them worse for the following season. Yeah, Draymond still has 2 years left. Clay is the guy that I think is up soonest. His contract expires after next season. Um, like Durant, and Durant Durant's contract theoretically is like, opt right, out. Right. So. He has, he's the one with like a lot of flexibility. But, I mean, does he really want to leave? I feel like he really wanted to be there. Yeah, so. I think that would be weird if he left all of a sudden. Yeah, so we'll see We'll see kind of what happens. I, I uh, You know, 
I would love to see. I mean, maybe I'm just a sucker for this stuff, and I feel like a lot of people don't really agree, but I would love to see them upgrade Draymond and get, like, another guy in there. Like, I, I like watching really good teams be really good. So, like, this playoffs really hasn't been that great to me. Just, like, I've loved the last three, three years because I love watching the Warriors be great because I just think it's really cool. I don't think it's something we'll ever really see again. This year hasn't been as fun because it's just like you just want them to be so much better. Like you know they can be so much better. Right. So like I, I don't know. I like I like seeing them kind of be dominant. So. Yeah, and the narrative that the Warriors haven't been tested is not true. You know, like they were down three right. one to the Thunder, and honestly, probably should have lost that series if not for a Herculean effort from Clay Thompson in Game Six, where he scored over forty points. So. You know, I think that, you know, thinking that the Warriors have just, uh, you know, they're like a, a cheat code team, like it's it's approaching that level with Durant, but it's not like this team hasn't had any adversity. Um, and honestly, like they deserve to be where they at. They drafted well. You know, the only free agent that they signed was Durant, and they were really only able to get him, you know, through some luck with the salary cap. But, you know... If you look at what the thun what the Thunder drafted with Durant, Westbrook, and Harden, they cheaped out. You know they could have had this co- that core, but they decided they didn't want to shell out the money for James Harden. They didn't want to pay the luxury tax, and now two of them have gone on to leave and win MVPs with other teams, more than likely. So uh, I give Golden State credit. You know I'm not one of these people who is a hater. Uh, I'm with you. I appreciate the greatness. Uh, I don't know if I'd necessarily want to see Anthony Davis or somebody like that go there because that might just be too much. But um, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoy, to me, when they're clicking offensively and the ball's whipping around and they're making three-pointers, to me, that's like the most beautiful basketball that there is. I used to feel that way about watching the Spurs, particularly that year where they beat the Heat in the finals. But this is like that team on steroids. Yep. And uh, obligatory talking point, where are you on LeBron, greatest of all time? Yeah, I was hoping we would get to this, to this today. You know, I'm still probably going to take Jordan. And I want to preface this by saying that I really missed the peak Michael Jordan years. You know, like, I never really got to see him when he was putting up the back-to-back three-peats. Um, I do think that LeBron has undoubtedly face tougher competition than uh than Jordan did, you know. And Jordan played some great players. Like he had to go through Charles Barkley, obviously Stockton and Malone, um Clyde Drexler, Patrick Ewing, Reggie Miller. Like he faced his fair share of Hall of Famers, but he never saw a behemoth like this Warriors team. And so I don't penalize LeBron at all for the fact that he could be 3 and 6 in the finals after this series. That means nothing to me. Uh, it, to me, like that's the same thing as we glorify quarterbacks who have great records in the Super Bowl but miss the playoffs every other year. You know, you can I'd just re- say Eli. You can <laughs> say Eli. It's okay. <laughs> if anybody knows me, they know I'm talking about Eli. So, like, I'd rather have a quarterback that gets me to the playoffs every single year than somebody who doesn't but is capable of getting hot and going on a run. So I appreciate the greatness that LeBron has. You know, I would if you were picking a guy who you'd want to play with, you would certainly pick LeBron of the two. 
But what separates it from me is just that uh, Jordan was playing in a different era, a more physical era. We weren't as knowledgeable about the game at the, at that point. You know, like, is there any doubt in your mind that Michael Jordan, you know, playing in today's era where three-pointers are incredibly important, like, don't you think that guy would have just shot, like, 10,000 threes a day until he was making them, like, at the rate that Steph Curry does? Like, I, yeah, have, no, I have no doubt in my mind that he would have been doing that. And you can't hand-check, like, you could make a, a legitimate argument that Jordan could score, could average 40 a game in the current NBA. So... For that reason, I'm still going to give him the slight edge, but for me, it's a it's a 1A and a 1B type of argument, not a 1-2. Right. I mean, I, I am Team Braun because I love the... I just love his overall game, and I love his intellect. Like, I really, I really appreciate how much of, like, a basketball nerd and basketball genius like LeBron is. So that, like, scores a lot of points to me. Um, but like, like you said, like, it's not, this is not like a question that has like a definitive answer. Like the worst part about people that talk about this is when they're like, well, Jordan's clearly the best. And if you don't think so, you're an idiot, you know, <laughs> like, no, like it, we'll never know. We'll never know who's better. I think that like you mentioned with the eras, like there's so many factors that make it really difficult to, to compare. Like Jordan was like, Jordan played like 36 round holes of golf once before like a playoff game. Yeah, you know was, what I mean? Like <laughs> I was just going to bring that up. Like, like that would never happen. Like you would never see a guy like drink three beers at, at one o'clock and play a playoff game at eight now. Like that would never happen. Yeah. So like that, you know, that's a factor too. Like the kind of shape that he would be in. You said the threes, like the way he'd approach the game would be different. Like it's really difficult to judge. You know, and then at the same time, obviously, LeBron is a freak of nature. So, like, how much would handshaking really affect him? Like, we'll never know. You know, like, there's just so much we don't know. So just, you know, pick the guy you like the best and just – I think I saw someone say this on Twitter today. Like, we have room in our heart for two goats. It's okay. Like, <laughs> So, yeah, the only thing I want to say is that don't – please don't put Kobe Bryant in this conversation. Like, I saw uh, somebody put a post on Twitter, like, you know, the 90s belong to Jordan – the 2000s belong to Kobe and the 2010s enjoyed uh, belong to LeBron. Let's just enjoy them all. And my response is no. We don't, <laughs> don't enjoy Kobe. He wasn't even better than Tim Duncan. Like let's not just because the guy makes weird mamba faces and you know shoots the ball 100 times a game doesn't mean that we need to put him in the same company. Like yes, he had 5 rings. I, I don't want to turn this into a whole Kobe thing, but yeah, like clearly at this point, those two guys are at the top two. I mean, if you want to throw Bill Russell or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or somebody else in the conversation, like I wouldn't stop you, but hopefully you're old enough if you're doing that that you at least saw them play. So that's the thing. And the second part is it would be interesting to see how LeBron would have come up in this era. You know, maybe the whole AAU thing, he wouldn't have had that same you know killer mentality that he developed who knows maybe he would have left the bulls to go play with patrick ewing or something like that a knicks fan can dream and also you mentioned yeah. the golf thing like how would he have survived with twitter like could you imagine being in I atlantic city all the time 
and seeing Michael Jordan at a craps table smoking a cigar, you know, at 3 a.m. in the morning with a, with a playoff <laughs> game the next day, like, the universe would break. The Twitter universe would literally collapse upon itself. So, taking that all into account, like, yeah, maybe maybe it would have helped Jordan. You know, LeBron says he spends over a million dollars a year just on maintenance for his body. You know, he sleeps in some, like, hyperbaric chamber. It probably looks like a coffin. You know, who knows what that guy does that Jordan never did. And maybe if Jordan had that kind of stuff, he would have been even better. Like, it's just impossible to know. And we should stop comparing them and just just enjoy greatness. Because that's what we're witnessing right now. That's what we witnessed with Jordan. And hopefully one day we'll get to witness it again. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. (laughs) That's like the coolest part, right? Like, we're still kind of young. We're the same age, so we're still like... We miss Jordan, like we remember Jordan Wizards more than Jordan Bulls, which is sad. And, you know, LeBron's the best player we've ever really seen. So it's kind of cool, like, I don't know, maybe we'll be like the Jordan fans, you know, in 30 years when there's like some new some new stud that like can make half court shots all the time and stuff like, you know, yeah. like, we'll be like, we'll be like, hey, he wasn't better than LeBron. Like, you know, right. He'll be, he'll be LeBron's body, but with like Steph Curry shooting ability and it'll be oh. just ridiculous. So yeah, no, I hear you. It's, it's going to be fun. Um, and yeah, I think that the comparisons are obviously great. They are good TV. They're, they're fun to have. And if you want to, you know, come down to New York and debate me in a local pub, I'll, you know, buy you drinks and, and talk to you for hours about why Tim Duncan was a better basketball player than Kobe Bryant. But <laughs> once you get a certain point, you know, it's like you're in the club. You know what I'm saying? Like they talk about um, with Saturday Night Live, once you've hosted it five times, you're in the five timers club and you get like this weird jacket. Like it's a weird thing. <laughs> and what I mean to say is that LeBron and Jordan are both in the club right now and Kobe's not invited. Yep. I love it. Kobe's invitation wasn't even lost in the mail. Never sent. Uh, <laughs> so the last thing really for the show, Matt, uh, the my bookie, book it. Bets of the week. What do you got this week for the listeners? Oh, geez. Uh, I really don't have anything. Um, I- I'm taking some heavy baseball activity tonight, but this post, this is not going to be posted by then. Um, how about this? How about follow me on Twitter at Matt Lamarca, and tomorrow I will put out my favorite baseball pick for everyone. And you know, feel free to tag along if you'd like. Oh, I like that, Matt. Very generous to the listeners. Uh, you guys probably want to take that up because Matt's been really hot. Um, I'm gonna go with the Warriors sweep bet. Uh, I just think it's a good bet for the reason we mentioned during the show. So I'm I'm gonna get. You know some of the shekels that I have left on uh, on Warriors two to one a sweep. Get them in there. I like it. I'll probably join you too. Uh, I wasn't confident enough to make it my pick of the week, but I think if they simulated this series ten thousand times, sweep is the most likely outcome. So I like it. I agree. And uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Laying the Points, brought to you by my bookie. Please be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And get that deposit bonus on my bookie for using promo code laying the points. For Matt Lamarca, I'm Anthony Miko. May the odds be ever in your favor.
Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. They call you the Grill Master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event. Now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing.